0: to talk about the Nebraska Cattlemen and Cattle Trace. That's the midday from the farm team.
1: All right, thank you so much, Susan. I appreciate it. Let's turn it over to Jason Jorgensen. Got to see a little uh, baseball last night. No, did. It
2: uh, was nice to watch the Royals at Kauffman Stadium, exhibition game against Houston. Of course, they lost, but...
0: (laughs) It's good to see it.
2: Yeah, it's good to see it. Slim pickings last night at Kauffman Stadium with the uh, kiss cam. Oh yeah, you know <laughs> that's a really good
1: point. <laughs> I, that, I didn't even oh, think about that. Yeah. oh, so many parts of COVID that are just so hard you didn't. Think of
2: that. But I will say, Ryan LaFever and Rex Hudler were in midseason form. Uh, Rex had all of his cliches warmed up and polished off, dropped them in between Ryan's uh, play-by-play. So uh, Royals will play the Astros again this afternoon at one o five. Also, uh, yesterday we talked about the MIAA delaying things for a month. GPAC has come out with a statement today, and that league wants to move forward with a fall schedule. Mm -hmm. And they've kind of listed the parameters on that. Uh, They're hoping that the NAIA will leave it up to each conference to decide what they will do. But we'll tell you what the GPAC is up to.
1: Now, uh, did I see something from the NSAA, too, that basically said they're just going to continue with things, too? Yes, a
2: regular schedule if things don't get out of hand. So everyone needs to be still being careful and social distancing when you can. But, yeah, big news. uh, Late yesterday afternoon, the NSAA said practice will start for the kids August 10th. And as of now, hopefully if things don't change, uh, they want to run the full schedule. Well,
1: let's hope. Let's hope we will see. Now, uh, I assume that the Royals announcers, when they
2: go on the road, they will not be there. Is that right? I believe so. Everyone yeah. will just do it remotely. It was crazy watching ESPN the other night. They had four different guys from four different locations, yeah. all, all doing the game from home, and then they routed it all together. And then they—I
1: think they were at one point—they were talking to Dave Roberts yeah. uh, when he was in his car. So it's just—it's a different look. Just you. one quick note. Yes. I,
2: I, don't know why they think chipper jones is going to be a good column or a good announcer on tv uh, i don't see it maybe he'll get better he's good third baseman <laughs> yeah he was <laughs> as an announcer he's a great third baseman
1: all right let's turn it over to bob brogan in business
3: stocks rising on wall street investors encouraged to see european leaders come together to agree on a budget and coronavirus relief fund also coca-cola's revenue plunged 28% in the second quarter but the company says sales began to improve last month as lockdowns eased globally and the European Union has taken a big step toward deeper economic cooperation as leaders are trying to rescue the economy from the coronavirus. Details on those stories and more coming up in the business news.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Bob. That's all coming up on Midday.
4: Clay Patton on the World Radio Network. Let's talk with Mike Zuzalo, Global Commodity Analytics, for a midday look at the markets. And Mike, we can look corn, soybeans, lower wheat, continuing to trend higher. But I want to look across the Pacific. I want to look at China right now. They continue to face flooding issues, but they're also starting to release some state-held reserves of wheat and rice back into livestock producers. What does this dynamic set up for the commodities?
5: Well, it's really hard to bite into the apple that the rain in Chicago is making the corn crop so big that it offsets this demand side of the equation for fresh purchases from unknown destinations on beans, or excuse me, on corn, and Chinese purchases on beans, Clay. And I think you add to that the fact that you've got the gold and the silver and the crude oil and the copper and the uh, major currencies like the Chinese currency making major highs right now with a fresh stimulus, COVID stimulus package in the European Union, which amounts to about $2 trillion. The United States is looking at another one that's going to amount to about $1 trillion from what we're hearing. So you add on top of that this three-week low in Chicago corn because it's raining in Chicago, and then you hear that China is releasing 10 million tons of rice, And another large amount of wheat, which I don't know the number on that yet, because of skyrocketing corn prices. Their futures price right now at the Dalian Exchange is over $300 a ton. We're trading at about $126 a ton uh, here at the CME. So the demand side loves it. So I just can't really bite into that apple yet that we're going to go sharply lower in the corn, even though the charts are making a three-week low.
4: You know, you look at yesterday's crop progress report and you talk about Chicago getting rain. The Illinois crop did tick up that 2%, but we look at Iowa, it falls a couple percent. Nebraska's down 4% in those state breakouts. With those states continuing to add up, will we likely continue to see that decrease just in the coming weeks instead of this week?
5: I think the trade is pricing in the exact opposite. If you had to make me force me into what I thought was going on right now, why would we be going lower when Iowa has missed most of its rains? I think that the trade is probably assuming. Next Monday, all these other states are going to make up for Iowa's decline, even though we're going to see some returning heat this weekend. I think it goes back to the demand side really likes this price right now. China and unknown destinations are buying corn. The ethanol producers are liking it. Margins at the Merck are back up to plus 25 cents a gallon. Northeast Iowa Physical ethanol producers making around 10 to 12 cents a gallon now, both very profitable levels compared to where we've been. So I think it's an important dynamic to watch that wheat market. If wheat doesn't give up today and join the corn, then I think the funds are going to have to deal with a little bit more friction when we come back in tomorrow.
4: We talk uh, back and forth about the relationships between different commodities. In the livestock, is there a relationship between feeder cattle and lean hogs? Or are they both trading independent of each other today? They just both happen to be to the bullish side.
5: I think they're trading independent of each other right now. You could have some spreading like in the wheat corn. I think you could have some feeder fat spreading where the feeder cattle are actually up sharply against the fat cattle in the front end. You know, roughly 70 cents is what I mean by sharply. They're almost the exact opposite trade. I think this is what, you know, the feeders are probably picking up, that the hogs are picking up on as well, and that is the outside markets. Look at the equities markets today. We're back up in the S&P trading almost at 3,200. hundred and seventy five for a high uh, that takes you up close to within a hundred points of the all-time high at this point in the s&p 500 same thing with the gold we're near that major 2012 2011 high uh, at this stage of the game so i think this risk on mindset is what dominates my thinking
4: mike zuzalo global commodity analytics more at globalcom research.com Do remember trading future adoption involves risk of loss Build your ideal planter for less from Planner Paradise. A completely customized mounted Planner Paradise planter allows you to cover a much wider area in less time, efficiently and economically. Plus, these custom build mounted Planner Paradise planters are outfitted with the latest technology for precision planting, like Speed Tube.
2: Speed Tube from precision planting could mean the difference between getting your crop in at just the right time or planting too late. A planter equipped with Speed Tube allows you to almost double planting speed without sacrificing seed placement. So you can cover more acres per hour when it's go time. SpeedTube also controls the seeds. So there's no bouncing as the seed release is matched to the ground speed. Allowing more acres to be covered without the need of larger planter or more manpower.
4: Custom build your ideal planter for less from Planner Paradise. And right now, save big on precision planning products like SpeedTube. Call 380-485-1040 and talk to Mike or Tyler at Planner Paradise in Cairo. Or online at PlannerParadise.net. Time for us to take a
1: look at our weather here at eleven forty four and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. We got Paul Perkins in here and I tell you, I uh I love to watch storms as most Midwesterners do. Last night was really that was a fun one to kind of watch build. You were already asleep; you didn't get to see it, but it
6: did wake me up though. <laughs> did
1: it? And it was, uh, you know, we have not huge rainfall totals around here, but as we go to the east, like around Lincoln, quite a bit in Lancaster County.
6: Exactly. Yeah, about an inch and a half of rain. Uh, we've had some areas right along the Nebraska Kansas border, like towards Superior. They've had four to five inches oh. of rain, and I know I've seen one report. Of nearly five and a half inches of rain in the last two nights in the Superior area. Yeah, because
1: they had flood issues yesterday, Mm -hmm. and so today, last night, yes, (laughs) it was. But it was it was good to get what we got, and uh, we will take it. But it was pretty impressive show by Mother Nature last night.
6: Exactly. I I I swear. Of course, I was half asleep, but. I swear my bed rocked when a few right. claps of thunder went through because I, I I felt the rumble. <laughs>
1: it, it was there. It was a pretty good show, that's for sure.
6: Exactly. Right now we still have some clouds left over from about Norfolk down to Grand Island, but otherwise lots of sunshine across the area. Still some lingering showers into northeast Kansas and some lingering clouds over far southeastern Nebraska, northeast Kansas. Most of our temperatures currently in the mid-70s to about 80. It is a bit on the humid side out there. Those dew points in many central and eastern areas in the mid to upper 60s. More so in the upper 50s to low 60s as you head towards west-central Nebraska and in northwest Kansas and northeast Colorado. Today we're on the north side of a cool front, a few degrees cooler than normal on our temperatures with some light north and east winds. A smaller chance for thunderstorms on the way for tonight with a weak disturbance that will track out of southeast Colorado later today. There is a potential for some severe weather, but mainly over far western Nebraska Southwest Nebraska and in northwest Kansas, where there's a marginal risk of severe storms, in the southwest Nebraska panhandle and much of central Colorado, a slight risk of severe storms, but most of us, though, in a low-end marginal risk of severe storms. Tomorrow, a seasonal day and a transition to a warm-up and mainly dry weather. Thursday through the weekend, we'll be warmer than normal with highs in the 90s as a of high pressure builds onto the plains. A few thunderstorms remain possible for tomorrow night into Thursday. Our next better chance for some more widespread Thunderstorms is Sunday night into Monday, but it's a big if on this. That is if a cold front makes it this far south, and right now there's still some uncertainty this far out. In the long-term forecast, Mostly above normal, temperatures likely to continue for Sunday through the first three days of next month for Nebraska, Kansas, and much of the U.S. For a reference point in central Nebraska, our daytime highs for late July and the early days of August, usually in the upper 80s with average overnight lows in the low to mid-60s. And for the early days of next week, Nebraska rainfall forecast to be near normal to slightly above normal, while Kansas rainfall should be slightly below normal. Nebraska and Kansas rainfall by net late next week through August 3rd, expected to be mostly near normal. Weather factors driving the markets include thunderstorms with useful rain in the Midwest and periods of rain for most of the wheat areas in Australia. Some drier spots in the western Corn Belt have received significant rain, but developing drought continues to be a concern in parts of the eastern Corn Belt. Ohio leads the Midwest right now with top soil moisture rated 76%, very short to short. Guess who's right behind them? Nebraska at 48% very short to short on topsoil moisture. Indiana, Missouri, and Michigan follow at 31 to 43% very short to short on topsoil moisture. Midwest conditions the next several days will benefit corn and soybeans moving through the reproductive phases and into the filling stage. Moderate to locally heavy rain is forecast over the Midwest over the next week and temperatures expected to be seasonal to above normal. The southern plains will have a continuation of varied crop weather. Western and southwestern areas mainly dry and very warm. Non-irrigated crops continuing to be stressed. Central and eastern areas of the southern plains will have seasonal temperatures and periods of rain through the next week. In the northern plains, thunderstorms the next 10 days will mostly benefit the crops. Severe storms, though, will be a threat. Wheat areas of Australia expect moderate to locally heavy rain for a few parts of the east over the next week. That rain bringing some additional soil moisture for their developing wheat.
1: All right, very good. So much-needed rain in a lot of places, that's for sure.
6: Exactly. um, Definitely some areas that were kind of cheated the night before digging in on some good rains last night. (laughs) So they'll take that for sure.
1: All right, very good. Thank you, Paul. I like these mild summertime days, that's for sure.
6: But we're in a transition tomorrow. Yeah,
1: I know. Well, I like today. I guess I got something to do. All right, well, thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Where are you
6: going to check in on your weather? Weather Chap, Krbn.com.
1: On the north side of a cool front, today will be a few degrees cooler than normal with light winds in east light north and easterly winds. There's a smaller chance of thunderstorms tonight with a weak disturbance tracking out of Colorado later today. The severe threat will be lower with a low end marginal risk. Tomorrow will be seasonal and a transition to a warm up in mainly drier weather. Thursday through the weekend will be warmer than normal with highs in the 90s as a ridge of high pressure builds onto the plains. With your 880 Weather Watch, I'm Scott Foster, upcoming ag information is brought to you by Agricultural Services and uh, as we take a look at the state of Nebraska, I need to give credit also to BGNS transmissions and Wagner's Irrigation, all part of sponsoring this right now. Okay, let's take a look at the state of Nebraska. Sunny to partly cloudy today and tomorrow. A slight chance of thunderstorms southwest and west this afternoon. Highs in the low to mid-80s. A statewide chance of thunderstorms tonight. Lows mostly in the low to mid-60s, upper 60s in the east. There is a 20 to 40% chance of thunderstorms west central to the east Tomorrow. Highs mainly in the mid to upper eighties, low to mid-90s, southwest and in the west. Northeast Colorado, partly to mostly cloudy today through tomorrow, a slight chance of thunderstorms this afternoon. Highs in the mid-80s. Thunderstorms likely tonight. Lows in the 60s. Northwest and north central Kansas. Sunshine to partly cloudy today and tomorrow. A slight chance of thunderstorms northwest this afternoon. Highs. In the 80s also, central Nebraska partly cloudy highs in the low 80s. East winds around 10 tonight, 40% chance of thunderstorms lows in the mid-60s. Right now, it is 80 degrees here at the Lexington Studios of KRVN. Time for us to take a look at sports here on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. Jason Jorgensen in here, and uh, so many conferences, so many leagues, trying to figure out what it's going to look like in the fall. Gpac latest to come down.
2: Yeah, the uh, presidents of that council, or the council of presidents of that league, announced today their their intention to move forward with fall sports. They also encourage the NAIA to permit conferences where possible to move forward of sports at this time. Now, Right now, they've established that student-athletes may begin practice no earlier than Saturday, August 15th. Competition, both conference and non-conference, may begin no earlier than Saturday, September 5th, in the sports of volleyball, soccer, cross-country, tennis, baseball, and softball. Football competition will start no earlier than Saturday, September 12th. That's their plan. see if they can pull it off. So a couple weeks maybe off of
1: the season, yeah. Yeah,
2: Nebraska joined three other Midwestern states yesterday in announcing plans for high school athletics. Barring a big jump in COVID cases in the state, the NSAA is preparing to begin fall sports season. as currently scheduled. First practices for football, volleyball, cross-country girls' golf, boys' tennis, and softball are set to begin on August 10th. The first night of football action is set for August 28th. Cross your fingers. Let's that, hope. that let it, it happens. Might be stuck together at this point with duct tape and bailing wire. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> Same if they pull something off. <laughs> Nebraska continues to make the most of this preseason. Defensive coordinator Eric Chenander talks about some of the guys that really stepped up this spring and summer.
4: In the back end, you know, DiCaprio, Boodle has done a great
6: job, along with Deontay Williams, Markel Deshmuk. Um, obviously, Will Honus and, and Colin Miller in the middle have done a really good job. And then, you know, there's been some other guys, you know, Damian Jackson's been really good, um, as well as Ben Stilly and some of those other kind of older guys up front. But I think we've identified enough leaders to
4: to really do a good job this year.
2: Janander was a guest last night on Sports Nightly and the Huskers Sports Network, and you and the rest of the Big Ten are still hopeful they can play a 10-game schedule this fall. Scott, I find this interesting. If you go to huskers.com, you go to the Nebraska football schedule, it's it's not been changed. Whoa. They pulled out the non-conference mm-hmm. games, but all of the dates with the old conference schools are still there. I'm surprised if they were if they were really confident that something was going to happen at that level, that they all were, already wouldn't have the schedule out. Yeah, that, Ooh, that is a good point. Huh? Or maybe they're going to wait until they know for sure that it's going to happen before they publish it, but just find that interesting mm. and Rutgers became the latest Big Ten school to lay out its plans for attendance this fall if there is a year there will be no large crowds at any Rutgers University home football game can you that could be argued <laughs> that Piscataway was
1: never packed anyway yeah
2: I mean that's that's a low-hanging fruit it's, joke there it really is it <laughs> just is. like Illinois 20% oh what's darn. the difference <laughs> that's sports for more fun at any time at krvn.com
1: It is 1230 and 84 degrees here at the Lexington Studios of KRVN. Time for us to check in on all the news that is news. And there's Ellen Laird. Hi.
7: Hi. How's it going? Well, you
1: know, it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's a Tuesday, and uh, it's not horribly hot. Yes. Thanks, so I'm good with that. Go ahead. What do you got?
7: All right. So the Burwell Rodeo will kick off for four nights of activities Wednesday evening at 730. And Jess Helgoth, the president of the board, says the big rodeo is nearing 100 years of performances he says it's the excitement that's been generated over the years that draws fans every year
5: It's not just your typical rodeo you have the dinner bell derby wild horse race typically we have chuckwagon races but this year we are not going to be able to have the chuckwagon races because the canadian boys cannot come across the border i think it's just the different events that we have and we get different bullfighters clowns specialty acts Couple years we have the same guy, and then we switch. So I think people just come back so they can just see all the excitement plus general rodeo.
7: This year, Nebraska's big rodeo in Burwell features a record number of PRCA World Champions and regular Nash, excuse me, Wrangler National finalists. A double murder trial in Nebraska will be rescheduled after the suspect's sister, who had been sitting in the courtroom, tested positive for COVID nineteen. Douglas County District Judge Marlon Polk declared a mistrial Monday in the case of Nir Kuick, who is charged with two counts of first-degree murder in the June 2019 deaths of two men in a Florence-area home. The Omaha World-Herald reports that Kuick's sister was in court Friday during opening statements. She later informed attorneys she had tested positive for COVID-19. Douglas County Health Director Addie Poor said the safest action would be to delay the trial and defense and prosecut- prosecution attorneys agreed that with that recommendation. Nebraska lawmakers have pumped the brakes on a Nebraska Department of Health and Human Services proposal to close a youth treatment center in Geneva and transfer girls being housed there Excuse me, being housed there to the former Hastings Regional Center. State senators adopted an amendment from Senator Sarah Howard, chairperson of the legislature's Health and Human Services Committee, to postpone transfers or closings of state youth rehabilitation and treatment centers until March 30th, 2021, to provide more time for completing a plan to deal with troubled youth under LB 1140. Senator Howard expressed concerns about the Hastings facility being used to house juvenile female offenders. There are concerns about the building at Hastings. Uh, It was built for a medical program so the walls haven't been hardened, the glass is breakable, the sprinklers aren't covered, the furniture can be thrown. They were built for a program for chemical dependency. They were not built for the kind of offenders that we see at the YRTCs and it concerns me that we're going to have to put the that we're putting girls that we know have uh, committed acts of vandalism and property damage previously into a building that is just ripe to be torn apart. Senator Howard questioned why the state would give up on the Geneva facility that previously housed young female offenders. She said money was poured into the facility and she doesn't understand why the state would close the campus and waste state resources when a community is willing to take in and support the girls. About $460,000 was spent to make improvements on the Geneva campus. LB 1140, a package of several legislative bills, received second-round approval after Senator Howard's amendment was adopted.
2: All right. right.
1: Thank you very much, Ellen.
0: work continues to put together this year's nebraska state fair as we know things are definitely going to be different but there's still the opportunity to show livestock good afternoon i'm susan littlefield on the rural radio network we catch up with the livestock general manager greg harder of the nebraska state fair as we look at what's going to happen show wise from the start to the end
8: it's been it's been uh you know work that's been done by a lot of people. the first show that probably came together was on the front side of the FFA weekend. <clears throat> a group of folks uh, are going to have a, a jackpot slash open class pig show, and and it's historically one that's it gives the the youth a, a second opportunity to show their their pigs. Um, open class pigs is a little different than maybe some of the other species where it's uh, become really mainly a junior type of a show but there is no age limitations anybody can come into this one but that's really where it's kind of geared at next up um you know we've got as you said the fa and 4-h anchor the weekends and they have sole ownership of the of the barns during those days just for their social distancing and things so we've got to try to fit as much as we can into about four and a half days well the uh, ABGA, the American Borgoat Association, um, they're gonna start coming in on Sunday night, that first Sunday, and hold two shows on Monday afternoon and Tuesday morning, uh, and then they'll depart, and then a group of folks are working real hard and getting an open class, uh, cattle show, beef cattle show, and, uh, they will be coming onto the facilities on Monday afternoon into the evening, uh, be in place Tuesday and have uh, full days of showing on, on Wednesday, Thursday, as well as Friday evening. There's a jackpot uh, junior show for some calves that will basically be of the age that will come back to state fair in 2020. It's this year's spring calves. Um, beyond that, um, we've got some equine folks that have been re- working really hard on bringing some events in. The first weekend of the fair... On Friday and Saturday, uh, there'll be a two-day foundation quarter horse show, uh, followed on that next day on Sunday by the Nebraska Team Painting Association. We'll have a one-day event. And then on the final weekend, Labor Day weekend, we've got two events coming in, three days each. In the outdoor arena will be the uh, Mounted Shooters Association are going to have events for three days, Friday evening, Saturday and Sunday. And then the uh, Cutters Association will be having uh, three mornings of events or three days of events starting Saturday at 8 o'clock, Saturday, Sunday, Monday at 8 o'clock. So, you know, while the fair is uh, totally different in its look from a uh, uh, historical perspective, uh, there's still a lot of agriculture, a lot of livestock, a lot of things that are trying to be put into place uh, over the course of the next month or so.
0: And so things are going to still take place, subject to change, and I need to kind of reiterate that to everybody, but if they keep going to statefair.org, they're going to be able to see the continued change in the schedule. That,
8: that is exactly correct, Susan. And uh, today, or, or this particular year more than ever, um, it's just remind people to stay tuned for updates because what you maybe read or heard yesterday uh, may change be tweaked, be canceled tomorrow. It's, it's uh, just kind of a moving target right now. But I, I'm really excited um, that we've got some things in, in the works, and now it's a matter of if those things can all come together.
0: So for folks that still want to come check out the fair and see the livestock, will there still be, for example, the, the birthing center? Will that still be there? Will there be the opportunity for them, social distancing, to be able to see the animals?
8: Again, great questions. Um, The board made the decision uh, on June 30th that um, there will not be an admission charge for the gate. Um, So come out and and see some livestock shows and support the kiddos. Uh, Social distancing is something that uh, we're all very um, cognizant of. And uh, um, and with that, we did have to uh, suspend a couple of the historical things that people like to to uh to watch one is the birthing center the other is the milking parlor um where those two functions will not be taking place for the 2020 fair um the obvious reason the birthing center gets to be a little bit of a tight um tight room from a people standpoint and if we're only able to put uh Eight or nine people into that room. Um, it just kind of was, uh, limiting results as far as what we're able to accomplish. But, you know, there will be vendors. There will be, uh, some foodie things to, uh, to stop and eat. So your favorite corn dog and those kind of things will, will likely still be in place. And, uh, we'll, we'll just kind of make 2020 the, the year of the hybrid fair. We're just kind of, uh, tweaking it up as we go.
0: My conversation with Greg Harder of the Nebraska State Fair. Again, go to statefair.org to keep up to date on the entire schedule. I'm Susan Littlefield on the World Radio Network.
1: Time for us to take a look at our afternoon business here on midday. And as we look at the stock markets, Begin in the overnights in the world markets, the Japanese Nikkei Index was up 167. In fact, we're green across the board in the world markets. Hong Kong's Hang Seng was up 590. London's FTSE was up 8, and uh, the DAX Index was up 126. Here in the United States, the 10-year yield was down pretty heavily, uh, about 2% down there uh apple down right now that's uh one of the big losers right now at uh in the new york stock exchanges speaking of which the dow jones industrial average is up about a point nasdaq down nine hundredths of a point and standard and poor is up about uh six tenths or seven tenths of a point really so uh kind of looking across it bob it's kind of eh
3: stocks rising uh broadly After uh, investors were encouraged to see European leaders come together to agree on a budget and coronavirus relief fund worth more than two trillion dollars, the S&P 500 was up six tenths of a percent, building on its gain from a day earlier, and uh, European markets were also higher. The price of oil was also up more than three percent, an encouraging sign that markets. Hope that the economies will continue to recover. Coca-Cola's revenue plunged 28% in the second quarter, but the company says sales began to improve last month as lockdowns eased globally. Half of Coke's sales come from stadiums, movie theaters, and other places where people gather in large numbers. Professional networking company LinkedIn is laying off nearly 1,000 employees, or about 6% of its global workforce, as a slowdown in hiring amid the coronavirus pandemic pressures its business. The Senate Banking Committee is likely to back President Donald Trump's unconventional nomination of Judy uh, Shelton for the Federal Reserve's Board of Governors in a party-line vote today. The committee's support would move Shelton's nomination to the full Senate, which would have until the end of the year to confirm or rejected. Walmart will close its namesake stores and Sam's clubs on Thanksgiving Day this year, saying it wants to have its employees spend time with their families during the coronavirus. And also a bill to improve broadband access was approved on final reading by the Nebraska legislature this morning. And LB-996 creates the Broadband Data Improvement Program, which will help ensure the state is able to fully access federal broadband grant programs by complying with data verification requirements set forth by the FCC. And that is a check of the business news. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate
1: it.